Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And um, we are here to do our weekly radio show. And a couple things. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot of listens. I want to thank people for coming out last Thursday night and celebrating our first screening of Scars of the Song. Yes, thank you so much um, for your support, folks. It was a great, great premiere. Yep, great turnout. People seem to be touched and move. I appreciate all the love. And we will keep this going. So if anybody wants to book an opportunity to see the screen at their location, definitely let us know. You can look our film up on scarsofthesoul.com. Um, as far as the show tonight, um, I do a range from individual therapy to group therapy and organizational therapy, leadership building as well. I run a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois. Yep, and I focus on life coaching, career counseling, and mock interviews. Absolutely. So tonight we're going to talk about the top five reasons that people get divorces in the United States at least. Um, And I would say probably a lot of this stuff is applicable to other cultures as well. And ways to prevent these things from happening in your marriage. So just some important things to look at because if 50% of first marriages are ending, and I think something like 80% of second marriages end in divorce, uh, we've got to be doing something different about the way we manage our marriages, the way we manage our own identities in our marriage, and the way we handle one another so that divorce is not imminent. There's no way that half of the people that get married should be ending up divorced. In addition, I think we should be openly talking about what are some struggles in marriages. I mean, I think marriage is great. I think anybody married would tell you that there's some great positives to it, but there's also some some not so positive things that we've got to work on, manage, and talk about so that as our younger folk are going into marriages, as people are maybe, um, maybe it's too late for your first marriage, but you're going into your second marriage, maybe you're thinking about getting married, we want you to put some of these things on your mind. Absolutely. And obviously people get come into a relationship and get into marriage, they want to be successful in their marriage. For know? the most part. For the most part, people want to be successful. I mean, some people are getting married for convenience, things of that nature. But for the most part, people feel they love one another, and they want to be successful in that relationship. But just like anything, worth having, it takes work, it takes dedication, and you can learn from people who have been married for a while, who have had successful marriages, so you can incorporate some things into your marriage to make your marriage more successful. Absolutely. And so a couple of things I'm going to talk about just starting up. We're going to give the top five, and we're not going to give them any particular order, just the five top reasons that people are declaring divorce. You can also look these stats up on the Center for Disease Control. CDC will give you state by state. They will give you uh, region by region, so you can look through those stats for yourself. Right. Also, I'm going to say this doesn't account um, for people before getting married, making sure that you're not marrying the wrong person. Um, but we'll get into what not to do later. So let's talk about the top five reasons that people are getting divorced. All right, Dan, do the first one. Okay, the first one is marriage infidelity. Basically, that's the, really the top reason for divorce, marriage infidelity, people cheating. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, that's one of the top five. So, yes. so we all know what infidelity is theoretically. Infidelity is when one of the partners in a marriage is, is uh, feels betrayed by the other in an intimate fashion. And so I think... It used to be so that people thought that infidelity was only sexual contact, that person A had sex with person B whom they weren't married to, and so then that was infidelity, and that's kind of the streamline that we sort of put everything in. 
But I want to tell you that um, I know at least what I see sitting on my couch is that infidelity is anything from sexting. Like people feel like, wait a minute, I went through my wife or my husband's phone and I found naked pictures of another female and they're having a social media relationship. And even though the sex has not happened in person, that's still considered infidelity. Right. So that person still feels betrayed, okay, and they feel like that breach of that relationship came across and they're, they're offended by that. And uh, so, you know what, I feel that our marriage bond has been uh, damaged and they possibly want to move on. Absolutely. But I just wanted to take a second to talk about um, marriage infidelity so that people understood that now the range is broadening from just they had sex to they have relationships over over line. Pornography, a lot of people leave each other over that and consider that um, infidelity. Strippers, like so a person goes out with a stripper, pays 80 bucks or whatever one pays to get whatever they get, um, that's considered infidelity as well. So I want to be really clear that you're in your relationship, how one defines infidelity, cheating, betrayal, may be varied and it may be across a very broad range. Very good point, very good point. The second one is communication breakdown in a relationship. Those communication lines are no longer open, okay? People are not communicating effectively, okay? That's the second reason for divorce. Okay. Can we go really back quickly to infidelity? I just sure. want to give you one definition that uh, that you might want to use. Um, infidelity or cheating is a violation of mutually agreed rules or boundaries that a couple assume in a relationship. Um, and in most marriages, people, you know, you should be talking about these things before you get married. But I think a lot of people just assume they know that cheating is wrong, but I, I'm going to encourage people that definitely, if you're married or if you're getting married, start talking about what infidelity actually means. I think that's a great point, especially, like you mentioned, in today's day and times where you have so much more access uh, to folks electronically and, and otherwise. You know, if you are considering that infidelity, if someone has, like, a, um electronic relationship with somebody, sexting, uh, uh, social media-type relationship, and you do consider that, you need to talk about that and express that to your to your spouse. Say, you know what, this is considered infidelity from that, from my standpoint, mm-hmm. and let them know that. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's go on to the second thing you were already you were already talking about. Yeah, we talked about communication, a breakdown of communication in relationships. That's the second reason mm-hmm. for uh, divorce. All right. Uh, Can you define that? Sure. Really, communication, the breakdown of communication relationship. Um, I think it comes down to. People not communicating what their desires are, um, not communicating where they're going in life, not communicating uh, how they're feeling. You know, people hold back on their feelings, how things are impacting them, what's going on with them, and they're, and they're not sharing that with one another. So they're really not understanding that going in emotionally in the same line anymore. So that breaks down that communication and starts putting a divide in the relationship. Okay. Let, let's talk about communication for a second. I just want to slow these five points down a little bit. I don't want to rush through this tonight because we're losing marriages, like, hugely. Like, we're watching, you know, stars have been married 18, 19, 20 years leaving one another. There's a huge influx right now, and couples have been married 40, 50 years leaving one another. This is true. This is true. So I want to slow down and talk about communication. One of the, the mistakes that people make often is that if, if if communication is breaking down and people are ha- not able to kind of talk to each other, I'll have people come into my office and say, Dr. Noel, we don't understand each other anymore. We, it's like we can't talk. It's like he doesn't hear me or she doesn't hear me. And a lot of people feel like, well, 
communication is, is a problem if you don't agree with the other person. But communication is, errors are not always about agreement. Sometimes communication errors are, are about not hearing each other, not communicating with one another, not actually talking about things, not being able to say calm do, through a disagreement, not clearly stating your positions on something, um, not able to find a median point, a compromise, a middle ground in our communications when we're resolving issues, right? You know, I think it also comes down to if you do disagree with what's going on or you have a concern and you don't express that concern or disagreement with something going on. Well, that's what I'm saying, not clearly being able to define that, hey, let me talk to you for a second. These are the things that are going on in, in our relationship, and I, or this is what's happening for you as as me for as an individual, or I feel like we aren't talking about these things. Like those are all not hearing each other, those communication errors. Absolutely, and not expressing those feelings, holding it back, um, and it can be going back to infidelity, sharing that with those, those deep uh, things with somebody else, mm-hmm. concerned about your marriage, concerned about your f- personal fulfillment. Okay, but that's the kind of thing that ideally you're sharing with your spouse. Okay, but but really I want to take it away from study and stick with the communication. I'm going to keep these separate topics and clean. Okay. Um, th- that we're talking about not that communication errors are you don't always agree or you don't always get your way, but that there's an inability to meet a middle ground or there is no clear understanding of what the concerns are or issues that are being brought to the table are. That's what we're talking about when we say communication errors or, or problems. Okay. Very good. Very good. The next one, uh, physical, psychological, or emotional abuse. Okay. That goes into actually physical physical abuse. Obviously, people getting beat, punched, slapped, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Emotional, psychological abuse, uh, folks yelling at one another, putting one another down, mm-hmm. um, talking down to uh, that person, talking, uh, I guess, negatively about that person within the family, things of that nature as well. Using emotional blackmail. So a lot of times, so physical abuse, people understand hitting, kicking, uh, spitting on, punching. Physical abuse can also be kind of like holding people hostage. I know many relationships where one or the other parties maybe lock somebody in the bedroom or physically forces them to stay in the home so that they can't go or throwing things at them. So that's even physical abuse. You're in an argument with your husband or your wife. You get mad. You hit them with a plate. You throw something at them. I mean, all of these things are inappropriate, and I think most people at least act like they have a clear understanding of what physical abuse is. I think a lot of people do not understand psychological and emotional abuse, and that is a big reason that that relationships don't stay. So a lot of times psychological and uh, emotional abuse is is blackmail, using manipulation to get what you want. Um, If you really love me, you do A, B, and C. If you cared about me like you say you did, you do um, one, two, and three. I will kill myself if you leave me. I will kill myself and the kids if you don't stay. Mm. I will hurt myself if you don't stay. I will hurt the dog if you don't stay. I will. Um, you need my money, so if you don't do what I want, I'll take away access of the money. I won't give you opportunities to see the children. You're not working, so I'll make sure I get the children. All of these things are psychological and emotional abuse. That's a great one. I think also, like you mentioned, giving out money. If you don't do what I say, I'm not going to give you money. Uh, trying to separate someone from the family. You know, if you love me, you're not going to. You're going to start getting away from your family and friends. Don't talk to anybody else. Kind of isolating that person. 
Um, they kind of and, and let me these. let me step in right there. It may not be that clean cut is if if you don't stop speaking to Bobby, I'm not gonna love you anymore. Sometimes it's the emotional or psychological abuse of creating an atmosphere where your spouse feels like everyone is against them, so they feel forced without you even saying so to leave that person alone. Okay, I I think in addition to that, also trying to control someone's their actions. Um, Try to control their movements. You know, mm-hmm. you can only go here. These, these spots here. Absolutely. This is the only thing we're gonna go. No, we don't go there. We know we go to A, B, and C, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, really trying to control the actual this grown person. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also feel like, and this is something that I think with social media, that one of another way that people use psychological and emotional abuse is the searching of another person's cell phone, the looking at their diaries, the searching of your. Facebook pages to catch you in a comment, those types of things. Wait a minute, I saw you talking to this person on Facebook and that person on Snapchat and this person on Instagram, on Instagram, excuse me, and I want that to stop that kind of manipulation through if you really love me, you won't have any type of contact with other people. So I just want to be clear with that. that it, it, so if it's not physical and it's emotional or psychological, that that both of those things are equally as negative and none outweighs the other, that they're all difficult. All forms of abuse. All forms of abuse. Very good. True. The next thing is marital financial issues. So money and anything related to finances can be, a, you know, a cause of disagreement for many families, especially couples, whether they have a lot of money or a little money. And so I want to be clear that marital financial issues can range from not having enough money where bills are never met, where you can never, people can never pay what they have to pay. But there's a lot of people that file bankruptcy before they get divorces, and that bankruptcy uh, kind of tears them apart. Mm-hmm. A lot of times if you go, if you've ever been to a bankruptcy place or heard the commercials, they'll say something like, before you get a divorce, you might want to consider bankruptcy mm-hmm. because those finances drive a wedge between people. Um, it can be inequity in funded, so maybe one party grossly out-earns the other party and then access to the funds is, is heavily given to the one that earns it. Um, maybe the person that earns the most money, because in general, what we found in a lot of marriages is the person that owns, earns the least amount of money is usually the person controlling most of the money. Mm. Oh, what do you because, mean by- so what happens is, let's say, Wife makes $150,000 and husband makes $50,000. Right. And he says, I feel like because you make more money than me, you think that um, you're better than me. And I don't feel like you treat me fairly in the marriage. So let let me handle the finances because everything we have is ours anyway. And if you let me ha- handle the finances, then I'll feel more like a man. Okay. Okay. And then she feels like, wow, if I make any comments about the finances, then I'm going to be emasculating him. Right. And so let me just let him make the decision. Okay. It can also look like wife makes less money. She stayed home to raise the children. Maybe she didn't finish college to raise the children. Maybe she didn't do graduate school. Maybe she was making $30,000 and the the third child, the daycare, eats that up so it doesn't make sense for her to work. And then she starts saying things like, I feel like since I've been home that you don't respect me anymore. You don't let me manage anything. Why can't you trust me with the money? Just because it's you're earning it doesn't mean it's not ours. It's all of those types of discussions. Uh, that's a good point. In addition to that, with financial issues, I also go in there, financial mismanagement. Say someone is not paying the bills. Hey, yeah. you're in charge of the of the budget. They're 
charge of paying the mortgage, and we're getting calls, we're getting notices that these bills aren't being paid. I thought you were managing this. You're ruining my credit. I, I had perfect credit before we got married. Yeah. Now, you know, you're in charge of the bills and you're messing up my credit, things of that nature. It can also be people not understanding finances. So let's say you make enough money right. and the money isn't the issue, but the rest of your family, meaning your extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, don't make as much as you and they know you make more and they need your money. Yeah. So one of you or both of you feels obligated to give some of your funds to that extended family member and that creates a pressure on the family. So it's not that you're not eating, but it's that you have to feed everybody. Right. And then when you pull back, when they start to depend on you financially, people start to pull back, and then there's a disagreement in the marriage, communication breaks down, and then eventually possibly leaving one another. Good point. Maybe it's bills that you owe. Maybe you've got $60,000 worth of medical bills, $150,000 worth of school loans, and you a person loses a job and they can't pay for everything, and then that creates some issues. Yes, a lot of people feel, um, you know, or you know, you're not, you're not meeting your need because you know you you took a lower paying job. You're not making as much money as you used to. That's bringing financial issues in there. Um, so it's a lot. It's a big topic when the financial issues come along. Absolutely. Big topic. Another one is sexual incompatibility. That's a that's a big deal. Um, so sexual incompatibility is is really a big deal. So it. it it includes sexual dissatisfaction, excuse me. Um, it can include um, somebody wanting more sex than someone else. It can it can include reproductive incapability or else, um, in other words, if kids or doesn't want to have kids or couples that feel like issues um, of sex aren't being resolved, they're not getting enough, they're getting too much, they're not getting what they want, they're not getting how, how – getting at how they want. Maybe before the marriage you promised sex five times a week and after the marriage it went down to once a week. Maybe you're compatible in your 20s, but now you're 45 with kids and somebody has erectile dysfunction. Or maybe after the kids you don't want to have sex, but for whatever reason the two of you are not meeting in the sexual intimate part of your marriage. There's also throwing in there when it comes to if someone cannot have children. You know, you always wanted children, but you find out for whatever reason the spouse can't have children physically. Mm -hmm. You know, medically, they cannot have children. Or maybe they can't have sex for for medical reasons. Or maybe they can't have sex. Maybe there's been, uh, maybe there's cancer treatment going on. Sure. Maybe there's a lack of uh, ability to have an erection. Maybe there's an issue with attraction going on. Maybe there's body image issues, but whatever the issues are, they're resulting in both partners not being able to get their sexual needs met. Sexual incompatibility. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, go ahead. So, and you can read more about these uh, five at www.top10stop.com. Right. And they've got more. You can always look at this, like I said, at the Center for, for Disease Control. The CDC puts up um, stats on marriages in every state. So, we've talked about the five things. Let's just recap them really quickly sexual incompatibility, marital and financial issues, physical and psychological and emotional issues, communication breakdown in relationships. And infidelity. And infidelity. So, okay, Dr. Noel, Darren, you guys have told us what the top five things are. Let me also say this. 
There's lots of other reasons in between there that people that people break up. Yeah, absolutely. And and no one issue on that um, list means you have to get a divorce. But these are the reasons that people are leaving one another. Right. Okay? So people who are deciding to get a divorce, these are some of the top five reasons they put on paper why they're getting a divorce. All right. So how do we stop this? Second of all, what do we do? What do we do to manage the situation? Let me say one thing that's really big here. A lot of people... By the time they get to my office, they come in for one big issue. Maybe they've had a big fight and somebody's name called the other person. They feel angry. Something's happened. But what I normally find out is that there have been issues all along the way that got pushed down, that got looked over, that didn't get talked about for whatever reason, and that ignoring of the issues has caused a breaking point so big that many couples cannot go back from it. Right. Absolutely. So one big thing is don't ignore issues as a couple. So that's one of the things you're talking about, don't ignore issues. Don't ignore issues as a couple. Okay. We, oh, go ahead. No, you can't bury your head in the sand. So you know what? I know my spouse has brought this up, but you know what? It's too hard of a topic. I'm busy. Let's just ignore it. Let's just uh, put our happy faces on. We love one another. Even though issues are being raised, let's just, can we just, can we just be happy? Can we just get along? Absolutely. you got to address it. You've got to address it. Now, some people say, you know what, Dr. Noel, I would try to address it, but he or she always thought I was nitpicking or saying that I didn't like something, so I stopped bringing it up. But let me say something to people. Just because your spouse or you are not talking about an issue doesn't mean it's not an issue. Say it again. Just because your spouse or you are not talking about an issue doesn't mean it's not an issue. It is an issue. And if it's an issue and you don't discuss it and attempt to meet a resolution, then that partner will try to find resolution in another source or they can leave. Right. Now, meeting a resolution doesn't mean either one of you all might not get your way. It could be that you acknowledge, hey, let's acknowledge that there's an issue. You know what? Hey, babe, I'm sorry. I spent too much money on my family. I know there's an issue. What should we do about it? Try to talk about what you're, what you would want out of the situation if you could have it your perfect way. Both of you all say that and then try to get to the middle. Because you may not be able to get to that perfect state, that perfect mm-hmm. way, but you can make it better than it is right now mm-hmm. if you start to talk about it and address it. That's a possibility. But mm-hmm. if you don't talk about it, there's really no hope of getting any better because you're not even discussing or working on it. Mm-hmm. And let me say something about ignoring issues as, as a couple. One of the things I think couples do very poorly is they do not acknowledge family of origin issues. What is a family of origin issue? You came from a family, whether it's your your biological family, adopted family, a family of best friends, a family of wolves that raised you. You came from a group. You were brought up in a certain way. And so is your partner. And a lot of times people get together and don't take the time to look around and see, well, what is an issue like resolved with his parents? How do they resolve issues? Mm. Or did they resolve issues? Are they divorced? Were they ever married? Was he abandoned? I mean, I mean, what are the things that you've seen about the way he resolved issues before, or she resolved issues before they got with you? And that can also tell you how you guys are going to resolve issues together. I agree with you, Dr. Ron. That is huge. I think that's why it's so very important to meet people's families before you get married. I know people can fall, fall, fall in love real quick. You know, you guys are, you know, living in a different state. I met at college out of town. You fall in love at college. Let's just get married. And you haven't even met this other person's family. You don't know really what, what their all their background is, right? You need to meet their family, learn about 
their, their, how they kind of came up, how that the dynamics of that family. Maybe that family's a yelling family. You know, they work things out by yelling. Nine times out of ten, your spouse who came up with that is going to start yelling when there's a problem. Or backing down. Or maybe right. they learn through the yell that if I just get quiet long enough, hey, the issue will take care of itself. So, so figure out what those family of origin issues are and discuss them. Gently, don't say your mom and dad are jerks and every time they had an argument somebody got, you know, don't don't say that. But you might want to say, hey, babe, I've noticed that you and our, our families deal with issues differently. We should probably talk about that, you and I. Another thing that we can talk about while we sit, talk about couples ignoring issues is you don't have to do everything that your family of origin did. You can also acknowledge that you all may have a new way of communicating about things and agree on that and make that the thing that you all do. Right. Here's how I normally handle it in the past. You tell me how you handle it in the past. Okay, we both express that, communicate that to one another. Now, in our new family, you and I, how are we going to do it in our household? Absolutely. The next thing is work on your relationship. I'm, go, ahead. go ahead. To me, this was a big one for me. I'll say that because, you know, your love, marriage made in heaven with the person that you're supposed to be with, but it still takes work. And that that's surprising to me. So I'm surprising to a lot of people maybe, but it's definitely surprising to me. The relationship takes work. It takes maintenance, okay? You can be great one day and have a great relationship. Guess what? It takes work to stay in that great, that great relationship. Because if you don't maintain it, it's going to slide back. Absolutely. Let me say about one thing about putting work into relationships. When you put what is work, you know, we did a show before, what is the work in a relationship? Mm. It's the communication. It's the date night. It's the intimacy. It's the being there for one another. It's the finding out how your, his or her day went, figuring out, hey, how is the, the daily news affecting you? It is finding out, hey, you're acting a little different. Are you, like, what's wrong? What's going on? What what changed? Do you have an argument with your uh, your best friend, your you know, coworker, your, your, your coworker, the boss yell, yelled at you. Someone cut you off on the road driving to work, Absolutely. coming home from work. It's the putting the interest in. And let me say this to you: it's not always easy. Sometimes you can see things in your spouse that they may not see in themselves. So you're busy saying, "Hey, you're acting different. You're changing. You're being different." No, I'm not. No, I'm not. See, that's the problem. You always think something's wrong. You know, they may not be able to see what you see, but you still have to put in the work. Put in the work and consistently put in the work. Here's the other thing. People go, well, Dr. Noel, I mean, sometimes I put in a lot of work, sometimes I don't. When you don't, your relationship is the most vulnerable that it will ever be. Right. It's stronger if you are doing the things to be together, talking to each other, figuring it out. Does he like back rubs? Giving back rubs. Does he like to dance? Does she like to eat potato? Like what are those things that you all like to do in doing those things? As a couple, and I think the thing that's the the most hard about this for parents is if you're a couple that has children, grandchildren, extended family in the house, you may not dedicate the time that you need to one another, but part of the work is putting in that time and making sure that it can happen. Yes. Okay? Yes. The other thing we got to talk about is learn how to effectively communicate. That's a big because there's so many different communication styles, right? You know, just uh, people – um, audio, visual, people communicate in different ways. Some people um, like to communicate in detail. Some people kind of give you top-line overviews. Some people uh, talk fast, some people talk slow. How are you communicating with your spouse? How are you letting them know how you feel? Okay, are you getting into details enough about what's going on in your day? 
when you say, I'm um, fine, you know, some people expect you to ask them questions back and they're not going to go into the details unless you ask them a question. And they say, oh, how was your day? My day was fine. You don't ask them anymore. They're not going to give you anymore. Okay? How do you communicate back and forth? And you have to see what's going to work for your relationship. It's not one right or wrong answer. It's about what's going to work for your marriage. Absolutely. Now, what is communication? Um, communication is more than just the let's talk every day and see how your day is going. Do you keep in contact through the day? Do you text each other? Uh-huh. Have you found out if your spouse needs to decompress a little bit before you tell them what the kids did, what the dog ate, what bill didn't get paid? Um, do, can you sort of, can you predict your own volatility? Can you predict your own emotions? Can you predict your own ability to be a part of a co- cooperative conversation? Do you use body language? Can you kind of look at each other and know things? Or are you actually talking about these things and, and getting them out? But well, we've got 90 seconds left, so I'm just going to go down some things that you need to do to protect your marriage. Spend enough time together. You know, one of the things that couples, again, we talk about this a lot is, a lot of couples say, well, you know, it works better that I live on the East Coast and he lives on the West Coast. 80% of those marriages end. Spend time together. And when you spend that time together, spend it being in love, not arguing, fighting, kicking each other, but taking care of the things that you take care of. Um, delegating jobs. Not one person should have to be superwoman or superman in your relationship. Figure out what you're good at and do that in the relationship. Figure out what the other person's good at and delegate to those things. If you can pay for the grass to get cut and maybe that gives you 30 minutes back in your life, then delegate that job to someone else. If you're not a cleaner-upper and you've got a teenager that wants to earn money and you could pay them to clean up, maybe delegate that. But not having to do everything yourself and being able to give some of those jobs away. Absolutely. No right or wrong answer on that. What works for your marriage? Yep, absolutely. But I have to say this again and again and again and again and again and again. Don't ignore the issues. Do work on your relationship. Learn how to effectively communicate. You can go to therapy and get some self-help books. You can um, meditate, figure out how to keep your inner self calm. Spend enough time together and delegate jobs. All right, have a great night. This is from, and check this out, the Huffington Post, the top five mistakes that lead to divorce. Get some more information on it. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.